This is Anne Fremantle introducing another of WNYC's PEN, P-E-N, portraits. What is PEN, P-E-N? PEN is an independent world association of writers. The initials, P-E-N, stand for poets, playwrights, essayists, editors, novelists, and by implication of the initials, for all writers. PEN was founded in 1921 in London by John Galsworthy, who became its first international president. American PEN was founded in 1922 with Booth Tarkington as its first president. Among other American presidents of PEN have been Robert Frost, Dorothy Thompson, Marchette Schutt, B.J. Schutt and Leon Edel. The present president of International PEN is the old novelist V.S. Pritchett. The present president of American PEN is the young novelist Jerzy Kosinski. PEN has over 80 centres in 60 countries of Europe, North and South America, Asia and Africa. World membership is around 10,000. American PEN, which has its headquarters in New York but draws its members from all over the United States, has 1,500 members. Membership is by invitation of the membership committee, extended to published writers of demonstrated accomplishment. What is PEN for and what does PEN do? PEN exists to promote worldwide friendship and intellectual cooperation among men and women of letters. PEN is a purely literary association working in a practical way on all matters of concern to writers generally, better protection of literary copyrights, better deals for translators, workshops for beginning writers in underprivileged areas, lectures and receptions for foreign authors coming here. PEN has no politics, but it is against the imprisonment of writers for political reasons, and PEN members in the PEN Charter individually pledge themselves to oppose any form of suppression of freedom of expression in the country and community to which they belong. Penn is, therefore, against all censorship of the written word. Talking with each other today on WNYC Radio under the auspices of Penn are two American poets, Muriel Rukeyser from these United States and Ernesto Cardenal from Nicaragua. Muriel Lukaiser's latest book of poems is Breaking Open. Breaking Open shows, as Erika Young wrote, the wide range of Muriel Lukaiser's splendid gifts, humour, bordiness, lyrical sweep, political commitment, compassion, great moral force. Muriel Lukaiser has published 11 books of poetry and three of prose, besides translations and children's books. She has been called an international rather than a provincial poet. Ernesto Cardenal has translated some of Muriel Rukeyser's poems into Spanish. Ernesto Cardenal has been described as the most outstanding socially committed poet of his generation in Spanish America. He studied at Columbia University and on his return to Nicaragua became deeply involved in revolutionary politics and was extremely lucky to escape being killed or jailed in 1956. That year he went to Gethsemane Abbey in Kentucky and studied under the late Thomas Merton. He was ordained a Catholic priest in Nicaragua in 1965 and immediately thereafter went to a remote island in the Solentiname Archipelago in Lake Nicaragua where he founded a religious community which he still heads. His latest book in Cuba, published here in English by New Directions, describes two visits he made to Cuba in 1970 and 1971. Ernesto Cardinal is an example of the committed writer on two levels, politically he is a committed Marxist, and he is a Catholic priest. Ernesto Cardinal and Muriel Riqueza, American poets, are going to discuss with each other here on WNYC under the auspices of Penn, 
How and why should the writer be committed? Committed to what? To jail? To the lunatic asylum? Or to social justice? Plato would not have poets in his Republic. Marx said artists were kittle cattle. Shelley said that poets were the uncrowned legislators of the world. In this century, many poets have been politically committed. Ezra Pound, Pablo Neruda, for example, and both today's speakers, Muriel Rukeyser, whose latest book is Breaking Open, and Ernesto Cardinal, whose latest book is in Cuba. Muriel Rukeyser, how do you think, and why do you think, that the writer, and specifically the poet, should be politically committed? I'm always amazed by questions that begin, should. I've heard that about the poet ever since I was a little girl, but it went differently. It was, should there be poets? And then there was the whole question of should. And as I was writing poems in my childhood, the question of commitment became the alternative to what was all around me, which people called the comfortable life, and which was anything but comfortable, which was a choking, strangling life. And the thing was to find a life that had the other things. And it is one reason why I'm happy beyond anything to meet Father Cardinal, who in his work and in his person has meant the coming together of poetry and action and belief and those not as separate things which they are not, not allowing them to be shredded, but as one. Father, would you add to that, that uh, your, your co sense of commitment? Muchas gracias, Muriel. <coughs> Many thanks, Muriel. Yo pienso que no solamente el poeta, sino todo hombre tiene que estar comprometido con la revolución. I think not only the poet, but every human being has to be uh, committed to the revolution, the continuous revolution. La revolución significa la liberación del hombre de todas las, opres las opresiones. The revolution, that, that is to say, the freeing of mankind, of man, from every kind of uh, suppression and um, suppression. A mí me parece también que la contemplación es importante para la humanidad. I think also that contemplation is very important for humanity. Y creo que la contemplación y la revolución no se oponen. And I don't think contemplation and revolution are opposed. Sino que se complementan. On the contrary, they complement each other. En mi caso particular, puedo decir que a mí la contemplación me llevó a la revolución. In my case, for my own part, I can say that contemplation brought me, lifted me towards revolution. Primero, yo tuve una conversión a Dios y entré a un monasterio trapense. First, I had a conversion to God and entered a Trappist monastery. Después, yo tuve una conversión a la revolución cuando visité Cuba. Then I was converted to the revolution when I visited Cuba. Y creo que esas son las dos más importantes experiencias de mi vida. And these are the two most, and these I think are the two most important experiences of my life. Pero creo que por haberme convertido al evangelio, 
es que yo pude apreciar la revolución cubana. And it was only by being converted to the gospel that I was able to understand and comprehend the Cuban revolution. Porque la vida de monje me había liberado a mí de la sociedad de consumo y del capitalismo. Because uh, becoming a monk liberated me first from the, the capitalist and consumer society. También puedo decir que a mí fue el evangelio el que me llevó al marxismo. And I must say that for myself it was the gospel that brought me to Marxism. Yo no me hice marxista leyendo primero a Marx, sino leyendo al evangelio. Um, I began to, to learn how to love through the gospel and so y eso me hizo entender el marxismo. And learning to love me brought me to understand Marxism. What would you say to that, Muriel? I am reminded very sharply of an early morning in Hanoi when I went to Mass and the Catholic Church there, to my astonishment for all I had heard here, the Catholic Church was full of the old and the young. And I am reminded of a friend of mine, a Carmelite nun on the Mount of Olives, mm -hmm. who has been there for 50 years mm -hmm. since what we call World War One, mm -hmm. And the joy of hearing Father Cardinal talk about the fusion of things that people here and everywhere have uh, wanted us to shred apart in mm. ourselves, but which I believe, I am Jewish myself, mm -hmm. and I believe these are really one. This is part mm -hmm. of the oneness, and uh, it is a joy to find it, mm -hmm. acted out in a person. Mi maestro, Tomás Merton, dijo una vez escribiendo a un rabino judío, Uh, my master, Thomas Merton, once said when writing to a Jewish rabbi que él creía que al final de los tiempos los judíos y los cristianos iban a descubrir que ambos eran una sola religión. <laughs> that at the end of time, the Jews and the Christians will find that, they are theirs, that both of theirs is but one religion. Y no lo habían sabido. And they, have no, they didn't notice it. Y yo creo también que los cristianos y judíos y los comunistas descubriremos también y no al final de los tiempos, sino pronto, que somos lo mismo. And I think that at the end of time, if not before, um, Christians and Marxists will find that they believe the same things and are the same. Y los judíos. And, and the Jews, all three, the sí. Christians, Marxists and Jews. Porque el mensaje de la Biblia es exactamente el mensaje de Marx. Because the, the um, message of the gospel is, is exactly the same as Marx. Sí, el, y el de la Biblia. And of the whole Bible, and the whole Bible. Los profetas dijeron lo mismo que, de, que dijo Mar incluso acerca de la religión. The prophets said exactly the same as Mark said, and not only about social justice, but also about religion. Ellos decían que Dios no quería culto, ni They, sacrificios, ni incienso, sino justicia y liberación. They, they said that God didn't want incense or worship, but that he wanted um, uh, justice and... 
Liberation. Liberation. And liberation. liberation. <laughs> Thank you. Well, yes, liberation, liberation uh, the equivalent of mercy, to do mercy and justice. Yeah. As uh, Father Cardinal says in Cuba, the word for charity now is revolution. Mm-hmm. It is my hope that in the United States that this is turning into a time of noticing mm-hmm. because all of this has always been here and not been noticed. And it is possible that the young are be- are noticing now. Mm-hmm. After all, we have noticed after 30 years what the character of Nixon is. <laughs> and perhaps we will notice these deeper things. Mm-hmm. Y es cierto que la juventud norteamericana tiene ahora mucha caridad. It, it's obvious that the, that the American youth now has much compassion and love. And y caridad, charity. 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 I like charity. that word. Me gusta esta palabra en este contexto porque esta caridad es también lo que los hace a ellos revolucionarios. This, I, I like this word charity very much because charity is what revolutionaries must have. Sí. No, y la, la caridad es la que los hace a ellos revolucionarios. Ah, charity is also what uh, they do, uh, what otra vez perdón. Es la like, causa ah, de que ellos sean Ah, charity is the reason why revolutionaries act as they do. Is that sí, right? Porque yes. el revolucionario es aquel que tiene compasión por el prójimo. Ah, yes. The revolutionary is someone who has compassion for his neighbor. Sí. That's that's how it sí. is. But now could we get back to poets specifically as you both are poets and very great poets? Could you say why specifically the artist and the poet should be committed? I mean, you've said father that every human being should be committed and you've agreed, Muriel. But um is there sp- some special reason? I mean, has the poet a special message to be committed? Uh, don't you think possibly? Well, the, the poet speaks of we we speak of what we need. Mm-hmm. And we need this very much. Uh, in the book in Cuba, Ernesto Cardinal says, we are naked in the midst of society. And he speaks of the ways in which poets could not live before the revolution in Cuba. And we have the curious thing here of trying to figure out always how the poets can live. And we come to the false ways of Uh, awards and prizes, which most of the time are merely a way in which a poet can publish. And this speech, in which we have so much to learn from our brothers and sisters of the other Americas, a speech of a great deal about which we have been silent in the United States. And this way, the way of speaking for charity and revolution is a thing to be discovered mm-hmm. now. And that is the work of the poet. Y yo creo también que la misión del poeta es la del profeta de la Biblia. Ah, I think that the poet's mission, I think also that the poet's mission is that of the prophet in the Bible. El profeta bíblico era un poeta comprometido políticamente. The prophet of the Bible was a, a politically committed Yeah. And that is the discovery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the discovery which is commitment. Mm-hmm. And that, it seems to me, is why one loves the prophets. Sí. Y yo creo que todo gran poeta y gran artista es un profeta. And I think every great poet and great artist is a prophet and is a poet. En la misma línea de los and profetas. And the same, in the same line as, 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 as the poets, is in the 
same uh, tradition of the poets. Si. But Father, what, you, what about this connection between contemplation and revolution? I think that's very interesting. Do you think that revolution must come out of a contemplation of the sorrows of man's condition? I mean, of the sad condition of humanity? How does, how does contemplation help revolution? Porque la revolución creo que también tiene que ser interior. Because I think that the revolution must be interior and must begin from within. También. Y se, se renueva el mundo y también se tiene que renovar el hombre. Crear el hombre nuevo. In order to renew the world, the man must renew himself and must make the new man. And sí. isn't this the continual creation? Sí, pero yo no creo que la renovación interior del hombre se pueda hacer sin la renovación de las estructuras sociales. But I don't think that this interior renewal of man can, can happen, can come to pass without the, the renewal of society sí. itself. Porque con una sociedad de clases y de explotadores y explotados no podemos tener un, una liberación interior. Because with this uh, structure, this society structured in classes and uh, economically structured in, in um, uh, also in classes, we cannot have this interior renewal. It cannot mm -hmm. come about. It, it impedes no, it. Sí. Uno no puede renovarse interiormente y ser socialmente un explotador. One cannot be uh, interiorly renewed and be socially an exploiter. It's not possible. Well, obviously, the outer and the inner man has to jibe, hasn't it, mm -hmm. somehow? Father, would you read a poem of yours, perhaps, to express yes. your a great poet? Este es un poema que escribí cuando estaba en el monasterio trapense. This is a poem I wrote when I was in the Trappist Monastery in Gethsemane. Hace sobre el cementerio de los monjes on the cemetery of the monks. Ahora está mi amigo y maestro Thomas Merton allí en ese cementerio. And Thomas Merton was now in that, my master and friend is now in that cemetery. Ha llegado al cementerio trapense la primavera, al cementerio verde de hierba recién rosada, con sus cruces de hierro en hileras como una siembra donde el cardenal llama a su amada y la amada responde a la llamada de su rojo enamorado, donde el reyesuelo recoge ramitas para su nido y se oye el rumor del tractor amarillo al otro lado de la carretera rozando el potrero. Ahora vosotros sois fósforo, nitrógeno y potasa y con la lluvia de anoche que desentierra raíces y abre los retoños Alimentáis las plantas como comillas las plantas que antes fueron hombres y antes plantas y antes fósforo, nitrógeno y potasa. Pero cuando el cosmos vuelva al hidrógeno original, porque hidrógeno somos y en hidrógeno nos hemos de convertir, no resucitaréis solos como fuisteis enterrados, sino que en vuestra carne resucitará toda la tierra la lluvia de anoche y el nido del reyesuelo, la vaca Holstein blanca y negra en la colina, el amor del cardenal 
y el tractor de mayo. Thank you, Father. May I read my translation? Spring has come to the Trappist Cemetery, to the cemetery green with new-mown grass with its iron crosses set in rows like a seeding, where the cardinal speaks to his love and the beloved responds to the call of her scarlet lover, where the mockingbird gathers twigs for its nest and the noise of the yellow tractor is heard on the other side of the highway, harrowing the paddock. Now you all are phosphorus, nitrogen and potash, and with last night's rain that uncovered the roots and opened the new shoots, you feed the plants as you ate the plants which were men before, and before that were plants, and before that were phosphorus, nitrogen, and potash. But when the cosmos returns to the original hydrogen, because hydrogen we are, and into hydrogen we must be changed, you will not rise alone as you were buried, but rather in your flesh the whole earth will rise, last night's rain, and the mockingbird's nest, the black and white Holstein cow on the hill, the Cardinal's love and the May tractor. Would you read a poem? Thank you. May I, May I borrow the book I gave you in this time? <laughs> Please. Thank you. This is a poem for those young of whom we spoke. It's called Bringing. It's for the young of all countries. Yes. Mm -hmm. Bringing their life, these young. Bringing their life, rise from their wakings. Bringing their life, come to a place where they make their gifts. The grapes of life, of death, of transformation, brown they hang at hand. Desires like peace or seed of revolutions that make all things new and must be lived out, washed in rivers and themselves made new and bringing their life the young, they reach in their griefs, their mistakes, their discovering, bringing their life, they touch, they take, bringing their life, they come to a place. It is raining fire, they are bringing their life. Their sex speaks for them, their ideas all speak, their acts arrive, bringing their life entire. They resist a system of wars and rewards. They open, they offer their open faces. They offer their bodies. They offer their hands. Bringing their life entire, they offer their life. They are their own gifts. Make life, resist, resist, make life. Bringing their life entire, they come to this moment bringing their life entire, they come to this place. Thank you very Wonderful. much, Muriel. Wonderful. Lovely poem. Now, you must conclude, so to speak, on a note of hope. Do you think, both of you, either of you and both of you, as I hope you do, that if the poet and the human being is committed, there is a possibility that this continuous revolution within ourselves and out of ourselves can happen? Sí, yo creo que el mundo tiene salvación. Lo creo como cristiano y como marxista. I believe that the world contains a possible salvation. I believe it is a Christian and I believe it is a Marxist. Creo que el hombre llegará a no ser egoísta que llegaremos a una sociedad en que el hombre ya no sea egoísta. 
I believe that man will come to a society where he will not be egoistical, and man himself and society can come to a non-egoistic society. Y creo, como dice San Pablo, que el último enemigo en ser vencido será la muerte. And I agree with St. Paul that the last enemy is death. El, el último enemigo en ser vencido, that will be... Ah, that the last enemy to be conquered will be death. <laughs> ah, you agree with St. Paul that the last enemy to be conquered will be death. Mm -hmm. What about you, Muriel? I tend to smile as a, this second should, about we should conclude on a note of hope. But at the same time, I do myself conclude on, in hope because I am made that way. And it seems to me that we, we come to hope, and we come to hope as whatever you want to call us, as whatever kind of people we are, as people deeply connected with each other and deeply, deeply committed because the only alternative to commitment is the apathy we know very well around us, and that is full-time work too. But the commitment is hope. And the first commitment is to each other. Yes? Sí. Sí. Thank you very much, Muriel Rukeyser, and thank you very much, Father Ernesto Cardinal, for discussing whether the writer should and how he should be committed, uh, especially the poet, for pen portraits on WNYC.